Arizona football is still looking to fill a few holes, especially after its number 11 ranked uh, season and looking ahead at some of those polls as well. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, and thanks for giving it Locked On Wildcats. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Use code Locked On College for $20 off. All right, now we are going to uh, run through the gauntlet here. We're going to talk about filling some holes. We got some uh, possible transfer names and uh, what Arizona needs to do. We're also probably going to a little bit of Arizona basketball as well, because you know what? That's what we like to do here on this show. But first and foremost, Arizona finishes the season ranked number 11th in the country. Now, this is obviously a massive win for the University of Arizona. And a big reason why is because, first of all, we said before the year that just getting to a bowl game is what needed to happen for the U of A. Um, This is obviously a massive, massive uh, endeavor for Jed Fish and staff. And again, you got to give the salute emoji tip of the cap to Jed Fish. Um, Now, what does this exactly mean then for uh, the uh, for the future? Now, a big thing is is being able to build on this momentum as we've talked about. And uh, Jed Fish, or excuse me, uh, Jed Fish, uh, Arizona has a now has the uh, um, probably is going to have some top ten love to it. Uh, ESPN just came out with its way too early preseason top ten, and lo and behold, Arizona it checks in at number nine, and I think that's about right. Um, now, keep in mind. You know, I've lived this. You've lived this. We all know in the past that there's been times when uh, Arizona has been expected to do really well the following year, and they did it. Um, think back to the Fiesta Bowl year, and that was a uh, the following year. Arizona was uh, eight and four, and that was the year when they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Now, it wasn't that Arizona necessarily had a bad season, but again. Uh, you return the amount of players they returned, and I think that uh, everybody was kind of like, "Well, um, we're really hoping that this will uh, this will be a little bit better." And eight and four. Now, granted, you're probably five plays away from being eleven and one, but either way, you were eight and four. That's just kind of the way it is, and I think that's where a lot of fans were probably and rightfully so a little bit uh, annoyed by that. Um, now, that wasn't nearly as bad though as 1998-99. Um, because that team went in preseason top five. And you got to remember, too, the previous year's team went 12 and one. And here's who you returned you returned all your court, you returned your quarterbacks, you returned Trunk Candidate, you returned, uh, um, excuse me, Dennis Northcutt, you returned your line outside of um, uh, Yusuf Scott. And then on the defensive side, you uh, returned everybody, or uh, you returned almost everyone outside of a couple players. But I tell you that to tell you this that in hindsight, there probably were a little bit of unrealistic expectations because of what you did lose in hindsight. Now, the offense that year, the offense in 99 certainly wasn't the problem. Um, But you did lose uh, Kelvin Efon, who 
obviously was the touchdown machine. And he was also the leader of the squad. Um, he was really the one that uh, held everything together. Uh, Dick Tomey talked about, has talked many times about, or talked many times about how Kelvin Efon was the finest leader that he, uh, that he ever was around. And that's not hyperbole. I mean, you talk with anybody that knows rock and you can just tell that that's a, somebody that uh, players gravitate towards. Um, then you also lost Jeremy McDaniel, your number two receiver off to the NFL. Uh, Jeremy was, uh, Jeremy was different um, in that he wasn't necessarily a speedster, but he was kind of a physically overpowering player, a little bit like T-Mac. I mean, a different player, not as good as T-Mac, obviously, but kind of in that same realm. And then Yusuf Scott was the uh, conference uh, offensive lineman of the year. Um, and, you know, he obviously left early, was picked by the Cardinals. Um, so you lost significant pieces now, uh, but the offense was still good. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you listen, you lost, in my opinion, listen, I, I, I can't go back. I didn't see Byron Evans and Ricky Hunley and Chuck Cecil, but the best player that I've ever seen at the U of A, and at least in my opinion, is Chris McAllister. Um, Chris McAllister was the prototype of what you look for in a uh, defensive back in that he was strong, he was physical, and um, he had a knack for the ball. I think Dwayne Aquina still says that, you know, when scouts would come around asking about so-and-so and so-and-so, um, and, -so, um, and uh, they would say, well, how, how does he compare to Chris McAllister? So you lost Chris McAllister. That was obviously a huge deal. Um, and then, you, uh, like I said, but what you did really lost, though, is kind of a veteran leadership. And I think that showed itself against Penn State in that when Arizona went into Happy Valley, they were overwhelmed and they were overwhelmed immediately. That was a game that I just remember watching it thinking, oh, nice. this is not good. And uh, that game, again, was over before it started. Um, but I think a lot of that was because of some of the personnel you lost, but also, like I said, some of the leadership that you uh, lost. This year's team, This uh, I don't worry nearly as much about uh, this year's uh, or next year's team because, listen, you do lose some, you do lose some very valuable players, and we're going to get to those guys. But – uh, I think pretty much everybody is on the roster and with the way that the transfer portal is constructed, I think pretty much everything is there to be able to uh, maneuver around and be able to make some things happen. Now, listen, it all starts with quarterback play. Obviously no Fafita is back. This isn't like the two headed monster with Keith Smith and Ortiz Jenkins and with all due respect. And I think Keith Smith was one of the two or three best QBs in school history. No is better. Um, Noah with another year in the system, being able to work with everything, Noah's better. Um, now there are some similarities though, but I think it's going to uh, be something where Arizona is going to be able to figure this one out. You lost, uh, now when you lost Kelvin Evon, you could say that maybe you lost, uh, you lost Michael Wiley and you lost, uh, DJ Williams, but I think with Jonah Coleman, this is almost this is the guy that I think is ready to take the bull by the horns and really be able to take that uh, spot. And you got somebody waiting in the wing as well. I think that uh, you're going to see with Speedy Luke, Fam. I think you're going to see Fam have a dynamic season. I think you're going to see him get the ball 10, 12, 13 times per game. And not only that, I think you're going to see him really excel. He is a uh, I think he's going to be a massive, massive part of what Arizona does. Now, similar to the way that Arizona lost Yusuf Scott, uh, Arizona lost Jordan Morgan. Jordan Morgan's going to be a first-round pick most likely, and I think the thing that uh, a lot of people have to uh, understand, though, is that the coaching staff clearly believes that they have that their next to peace in place, and that's Alex Deuce. Now, 
Um, I am still, I'm still a little bit skeptical just because it wasn't like he was a super highly rated guy and he went to Northwestern and he didn't really play as a freshman, but he's a massive individual and the coaching staff had him as the number one tackle on their board. And what have we seen with this uh, coaching staff is that they know how to evaluate players. They are, uh, they are next level at that. And they believe that he's going to be ready to slide in at left tackle. And you, uh, you saw him, I saw him on campus before Lamont Lovett was talking about how, you know, at camps, you know, where the coaches took very special interest in him, that's because there's obviously a lot to like about him. So you figure that he is going to slide in at that left tackle position. You move Polito to right tackle. You move Jonah back into guard. You move Wendell Moy into guard and uh, Josh Baker, and you're kind of good to go. Now, we're going to keep going down the roster and we're going to talk about some of these other players. But first, game time. Let's say you're thinking to yourself, man, I'd like to really be able to go to an Arizona game this coming year, but I don't know where exactly to uh, find the tickets. Look no further, my friends. Game time. Download the game time app. Use code locked on college for $20 off. Again, this is where it's at. Download the game time app. And uh, it, you know, this is like I said, this is uh this is um you use code locked on college for twenty dollars off. They can help you with concerts. They can help you with the sporting events. You name it, they've got it. Game time, check it out. Download the Game Time app today. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats, and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we are talking Arizona football and filling the holes and then talking about where some of these next players could be coming from. Now, the next thing that I think we need to look at is on uh, the tight end position. Now, Tanner McLaughlin was absolutely fantastic this past year, and not only was he absolutely fantastic, I think he's going to find his way onto an NFL draft board, but Arizona has a like a player who might even have more talent. Who's been waiting his turn. Who's been waiting in the wings. And that's Kean Burnett ex four-star kid out of Servite big time prospect. And not only is he a big time prospect, listen, he was a little bit of a, uh, he, you know, he's a little bit of a late bloomer, obviously. Um, and he didn't really have a position coach in high, in high school. So it took him a little bit longer. I think he's going to be ready to emerge. I think Kean is going to be a monster this season. Now at that, uh, J with Jacob Cowing, it becomes interesting because Jacob Cowing, you could compare his loss to Jeremy McDaniel and that, uh, you know, uh, Jacob Cowing is a, he's an NFL player. Not only is he an NFL player, he's also somebody who is a, um, He's also the guy who is really able to kind of, you know, get open, make plays after the catch. I almost said make plays after the bounce. Um, and Arizona's got to replace that. Now, Silas Bolden is going to be on campus this month. Uh, Oregon State transfer Silas Bolden would be an absolutely huge home run hit. You put him in the slot. He's kind of Jacob Cowing 2.0. Um and he's a uh, he's a player that I think if you're Arizona, you would absolutely love to be able to get your hands on because again, he is he's just next level good. Um, he uh, he would probably he'd replace the thousand yards. Now the thing you got to remember about Cowing is Cowing had a real capacity to find the end zone. He was very very good at getting the ball in the end zone, and with a player like Silas Bolden, he can also do that. So that would almost be a tit for tat type thing. You get, uh, you lose Jacob Cowling, you bring in Silas Bolden, boom, ready to go. 
Um, but I also, like I said, I don't worry about the receivers under Jed Fish. I'm a massive fan of Kevin Green, as uh, most people know. And then on the outside, I'd love to see Malachi Riley start to kind of cut into a few of uh, Montana Lamonius Craig's snaps. But overall at receiver, I don't worry about it. So we're looking at the offensive line. And again, I can't vouch for Alex Deuce, but if Arizona were to get uh, were to get uh, cowing, I think Jonah Coleman, Speedy Luke, you don't really find much drop-off. And if anything, I think that you can make the case that the offense could even be better. A huge part of that, though, comes down to Deuce and what um, what uh, he's able to do for the University of Arizona. Now, moving over to the defensive side, here's where it gets uh, here's where it gets fascinating because you do have you you have one massive hole that you got to replace, and that is Taylor Upshaw. Taylor Upshaw is a um, Taylor Upshaw is um, an absolute monster. Uh, you know, he had eight and a half sacks this past year. Listen, I think the uh, I think the uh, group of uh, Isaiah Ward and Jacob Cowing, or excuse me, I said Jacob Cowing, Isaiah Ward and Deuce Davis is more than good enough uh, to be able to both generate about seven sacks apiece. Now, I know somebody like Shears mocked me for that. I say that he's wrong, and I say that I'm right. Um, I think uh, I think those guys are. I think they're ready to make that move, especially Deuce. I think the Deuce coming in, I think Deuce is going to be up to about 245, and I think that he's going to be good to go. Um, then you have Isaiah Ward, obviously, um, and both those two I think are going to play very, very well off of each other. But on the end, uh, you, so you, but you do need to get another pass rusher. We'll find out who that is. But um, the coaching staff has shown the last two off seasons they've been able to find that now. Uh, Hunter Eccles was good for the Arizona last year. You bring in somebody, get you five sacks, you take it. Uh, Taylor Upshaw was even better. You get eight and a half sacks, you're going to take it. Got to find somebody like that. And, but then on the interior, it gets interesting because Jacob can, or, uh, Jacob Geick has moved on. Um, you've already got Big Bill Norton, but then you got Tia Savea. It'll be interesting to see what happens. He hasn't entered the portal or anything, but Mason Graham, kid out of Servite, uh, buddies with all of these players. If uh, Jim Harbaugh moves on to the uh, NFL, does he uh, does you know does Arizona come calling? Does he end up at Arizona? Because again, he played with all of these dudes; they all know him very well. And again, he would be more than uh, he'd be more than welcome. And you put him next to a Big Bill Norton. You have that rotation of him, Tia Savea, and then you still have Tai Tai Uiagalele on the outside. All of a sudden, that D line starts to look like a real monster again. So we'll find out what exactly he does, but there's uh, I think there's every reason to believe that um, uh, Arizona will be able to address the D line. Now at the linebacker spot, obviously Jacob Manu is a total stud. Jacob Manu is um, I think Jacob Manu is well. Let's just be honest here. Jacob Manu is about as good as it gets in college football at the linebacker spot. You can look at the stats. Not only can you look at the stats, you can also tell that he is just uh, he's able to get downhill and. Um, He's just kind of that dude, um, but you got to find somebody next to him. And I think that you're hoping that uh, I think you're hoping that uh, Arizona can uh, Arizona can find somebody that can really because last year what we all, what we found out is this Justin Flo just just the, the theory of Justin Flo is awesome. Justin Flo just isn't that good. Just the the knack for football just isn't quite there. And you know that's not necessarily that's not ripping on the kid. It's just he finds himself in bad positions and. You know, with the way with as athletic as he is, with his strong and the way that he can get after uh, the fact that he it's hard for him to get on the field, just kind of 
just kind of is what it is. Um, so you're hoping Leviticus Sua can make that. You'd also, but Arizona needs to add a linebacker. Daniel Haimuli wasn't good enough. He's obviously moved on. Arizona, if you have uh, if you have Daniel Haimuli, or excuse me, Daniel Haimuli, if you if Leviticus Sua can make that jump, then you're good. But you also need to be able to find somebody that can uh, add to that linebacker core because, like I said, right now the linebacking unit just quite isn't quite good enough outside of Jacob Manu. And it's going to be up to Jed Fish to be able to find that. What we have found out, though, with Jed Fish is that he knows what he's doing. He knows how to fill talent, and it will be fascinating to see what he is able to do because, again, um, he has shown that he knows how to use the transfer portal. Now, uh, we're going to talk to DBs and a quick little look ahead to Arizona basketball but first, all right, first, let's see here. What do we got? We got LinkedIn, my friends, LinkedIn. All right. Now, check it out. Here's the deal. LinkedIn.com slash college. Like I said, a million times. We all know somebody that's gotten a job through, to link, uh, through LinkedIn, and it's because it works. Everybody, listen, if you, if you know somebody that got a job through LinkedIn, they're probably a sharp person. And check it out again, linkedin.com slash college. Um, you'll thank me later. You post your job for free and you can find a job or you're the people that, uh, you know, that uh, you're thinking, all right, well, either they could use a job through LinkedIn. They probably use that as well. So check it out, linkedin.com slash college. Um, again, we're in the time of year where people are looking for jobs. Every Somebody might need a job. You might need a job. Check out LinkedIn. And or if you're looking to hire, post your job for free as well. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, moving on to the secondary. Secondary is good. Unless a total stud just begs to come to Arizona, I don't see them adding anybody. The safeties are loaded. The corners are loaded, and you got a lot of young up-and-coming players. We all know about the starting lineup, but then you have somebody like Genesis Smith. You have somebody like a Jordan Shaw. You've got dudes that are good and ready to go. And, you know, let's just say Ephesians Prysock to Cario Davis, if they were to head off to the NFL, Arizona is uh, – you know, Arizona is going to be more than set. Um, you're going to have to replace a lot of those guys the following year. But, again, the DBs, you're good to go. Um, so, again, that's kind of where you're at. As far as filling holes, again, um, but I also don't look for a repeat of 99 because I think some of the pieces that Arizona has, you've got to trust this staff that they know how to replace them. Whereas back in 99, 98, um, it was a different animal where you had to rely on basically internal improvement. And the one thing that was difficult for Dick Tomey was to string wins, successful seasons together. So there's obviously that. Now, a little bit of a look ahead as well to Arizona basketball. Arizona plays Washington State Saturday at four. Um, I need a butt kicking here. Listen, with Arizona, you know that uh, we've talked about, we talked about in the previous episode that I need the effort. I need the effort to be there. I need the effort to be there game in and game out. Because again, when this team plays with great effort, they are a monster, and uh, I think they're the best team in the country. You look at their odds to win it all. I think they still have the second best odds to win it all. It's a, And the reason why is because they check off every single box. The only concern I've had this year is that there's been uh, effort problems at times, and that's kind of trickled its way into the game plan or, the, in, you know, into games where you don't expect it to. Um, listen. This team was never going to go undefeated, but like a team like Purdue, you can't just keep leaving guys open for three. 
And um, that's been a problem for Arizona is leaving players open on the defensive side. I need a, uh, I need, I need a butt kicking here. Like I said, I need Arizona to go out and absolutely stomp out Washington state. I know it's on the road. I get all that. And it's your only game this week, but you should be able to do that because again, uh, Washington state is not very good. Arizona is good. And not only is Arizona good, um, They've been put on notice. I think in a weird way, the Stanford game was probably good for them to know that, all right, well, um, you know, anybody can beat us if we don't give it. And again, in college basketball, all it takes a lot of times is for one player to get going. And if one or if, you know, one or two players to get going. And then once that player gets going, it's kind of all downhill from there. Arizona needs to be ready for uh, Arizona needs to be ready here to be able to take on a, a team that I expect to be. More so than game, more so than game for Arizona. But Arizona, again, across the board, just has better talent. That's where I think we're at with this. With this, but um, so I look for I look for Arizona to absolutely destroy Washington State. If they don't destroy Washington State, then we got some more issues. If this is like a nail biter where Arizona looks disinterested, lethargic, then I think we have to start to take inventory and wonder what exactly is going on with this squad. Because again. Top to bottom, you got talent at point guard, you got talent at shooting guard, you got talent at small forward, power forward, center. You bring in three players off the bench that can all play. Arizona should be able to figure this one out. And again, against a school like Washington State, I don't care if they're playing in Corvallis or at Corvallis. I don't care if they're playing in Pullman or I don't care if they're really playing on the moon. Arizona should be able to take care of business uh, in this uh, with this game, but. Like I said, big. Uh, I would imagine this next week we're going to have some real. Uh, we're going to have some real interesting portal news here for uh, for uh, the Arizona football team, and I would imagine with Arizona basketball as well, we're going to have some. Uh, well, not some news on that front, but Arizona's obviously playing, and it's going to be interesting to see what exactly occurs. But again, look for a butt kicking against Washington State. At least, knock on wood. Hopefully, a butt kicking. But on that note, as always. Thanks for making Lockdown Wildcats your first listen of the day. Have a great rest of your Thursday.